Hey, it's Greg Batten here on a special edition of the Greg and Dan Show podcast slash the Greg and Dan Show. Uh, for the last 17 years, uh, Dan and I, uh, every morning, we talk many, many times every morning with our friend Ken Zersky. Ken Zersky, besides uh, being part of the Greg and Dan Show team every morning, is also an author. His fourth book, Unremembered, Tales of the Nearly Famous and the Not Quite Forgotten, this book, book two under the umbrella of Unremembered, is Actors, Artists, Entertainers, and Influencers, Mr. Ken Zersky. Hello. Uh, first of all, congratulations on book number four. That's crazy, isn't it? it is crazy. <laughs> Let, let's go back a second. Yeah. And 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 uh, you have been a broadcaster yeah. for your whole life, your whole adult life, thirty plus years, right? At what point did you uh, say, or did you always have in your head, I, I want to write? Or did you write before and just didn't publish anything? Well, a lot of people say that that's on their bucket list, you know, that they yeah. want to write. And oh, that's never sure. been on mine because I, I knew how much work it would be. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and at the time I wrote the Columbia book, I had two small kids. My wife was working full time and I was working a split shift. So uh, it was never, you know, something that I thought this is something that I wanted to do. However, I started reading more. You just come to a point where you start reading more. You know, I, there were, I started going back to the library. And I started checking out books, history books, and I started reading more. And uh, this story involves you, by the way, because, well, I was reading a book about the Eastland disaster in Chicago. It was written by a Chicago author. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, there was so much to it. There's so many levels to the story, not just the, the, the wreck itself. And this was the worst boat wreck in Illinois. It was on the Chicago River. 800-plus people were killed on the Eastland. It was a steel steamer was going out to the Great Lakes that had a, a, a load of Western Electric Company workers going to a picnic in Michigan City, mm-hmm. and it was just docked. It got overfilled, and it just tipped over and psh, went right into Very slowly just kind of tipped it. Tipped over, went right into the water. Most people were trapped underneath the water. It's a great story. But it wasn't just the, the tragedy. It was about heroes. It was about rescuers. It was right. about it's, what it's, we call first responders the, today. The, the storylines that go into those things are always tremendous. Exactly. Yeah. And then it got into, you know, the law and order. You know, who's responsible? Right. And who should, you know, pay for this? Uh, and I loved it. And I remember coming and telling you, oh, I'm reading this great book about the Eastland disaster. And this is like probably 2010. Okay. And uh, you said, oh, there's a boat wreck in Pekin, <laughs> where I'm from. And and I, you, you didn't know the year or uh, how many I wonder, people I were killed. I didn't even remember the name of it. I just remember my dad always talking about it, which then led you to your first book, yeah. The Wreck of the Columbia. Yeah, it yeah. led me to... Um, Find some research on that. Yeah. And there were some things on online, but uh, I walked into the Genealogical Society in Tazewell County. I remember that first day I walked in. There were a couple people in there who since are friends of mine now. And I said, you got anything on the Columbia wreck? And they looked at me and they went, come with me. <laughs> and they took me to a back room and all these files of boxes. And it wasn't even organized, but it was just newspaper clippings and this. And I used all that for the research. And I thought, I love the Eastland book so much. I can do this. I can write this story. So so it, you were even when you were reading the Eastland book, you weren't thinking, I'm going to write a story. I wasn't you thinking. You just said your curiosity peaked. My curiosity was peaked, but I loved the story. And I was like, 
more so, I was going, I got to read more stories about this, you know, right. this, this, because there's so many levels to tragedies like right. this, and all towns have their own. And uh, when you tell me that, that Pekin had this boat wreck, that's what sparked my interest. And when I started going through the newspaper clippings and realizing there's a really deep story here, mm-hmm. and if anyone's going to tell it, might as well be me. Might as well be me. So and so, you, <laughs> you you said about the business of doing that, and then that gets published, and you you, you do some things and get attention, and yeah. you're part of documentaries and and interviews and all kinds of cool things happened, and you of course get to go around and tell your story. Yeah, uh, that could be enough. That, that yeah. could be enough. And and so so I get kind of the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one kind of was born out of your just need to. Hey, I might as well tell this story. Yeah. Nobody else is doing it. Uh, so, what what makes you want to do it again? Because it is hard. You just talked about that. I started writing some short stories for what was then just I think they were just online Peoria Magazine, and uh, and when they asked me to do that, I thought, well, I'm not from Peoria, so I, I never felt like you know most people who are writers here are historians here in town. Norm Kelly was one. Right. You got Jerry Klein and right. you. Know, uh, they had the city in, in their in their in their blood in their heart, and they could tell stories and go. I remember when. Sure. I go back and I could tell you what it was like. Well, I couldn't do that in Peoria, but yet they were asking me to write stories about Peoria. I said, "Well, how can I do this?" And I thought, "Well, I could take famous people and their ties to Peoria." So basically, you know, putting Peoria either in the story or Peoria's in a bigger story. Yeah, sure. And, you know, the greatest story told here in town is the one about Teddy Roosevelt right. and Grandview Drive. So right. using that as kind of uh, the first story I did, I always thought, well, what was he doing here? <laughs> For And, you know, why was why were they taking up this yeah, drive? We kind of glossed over all yeah. that over the years. We just got to the world's most beautiful drive story, and that was it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. you know, uh, why, why did he make this comment, and when was he here? And so that was the first story, and it led to Peoria Stories, my second book, kind of a compilation of stories like that. All right, so now we are, and, and I'm going to skip past number three just because yeah. of the interest of time. But So then you do Unremembered, yeah. which is... Uh, 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 a storyline that it weaves people together. Yeah. Uh, they cross over as life does. As life does that. Yeah. And then this last one is especially uh, the, the one that is soon to be released on the nineteenth. I think. Is yes. That yes. Nineteenth of this um, month. Actors, artists, entertainers, and influencers. Because I'm in that business. I'm in the business of yeah. that, that entertainment business. And so this is really exciting to me to read about these people. What strikes me, and I'll let you describe the whole scenario. But what is um, striking to me in this book is the level of overlap mm-hmm. there is with all of these famous people. Uh, some names you recognize. Uh, Isadora Duncan is my pronouncing Isadora, name. Right, Isadora, right. The dancer. Uh, yeah. uh, that's one that I recognize yeah. immediately. Some of the other entertainers people I recognize. But but she meets that person and that person knows that person and, and then pretty soon she's in America and then she's doing this other thing. Yeah. And And my question to you is when you laid that out, yeah. how did you keep track of all of that? <laughs> because it, the lines are all over the place. If you were to do strings, yeah. it would be it would look like a puzzle. So how did you do that? Well, and a lot of it is luck. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just researching one person's story and you find another, and then that leads to another. And, you know, by writing the short stories, you know, it, it that's how you do research for it. And so 
I'll, I'll tell you what. I, the, this book kind of started with me researching or finding. I don't even know how it came about. Pauline Chase was an actress who played Peter Pan on stage. Now, this is By Peter way, Pan. Fascinating part yeah. of the book. Fascinating part of the book. We all know Peter Pan. Yeah. I knew none of that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew none of how beloved it was yes. or how weird it was that it even had a different name when it was first na- when it was first written yes. and the man that wrote it and all his trials and tribulations and all that stuff. Yeah. It's cool. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I think today most people kind of get the picture of the the Peter Pan animated musical. You know, this was yeah, a Peter Pan. There were no songs. Peter didn't sing. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> there were still flying children and there was still a captain with a hook and there were still uh, alligators and crocodiles and yeah. and Neverland and all that, but it was it wasn't the 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 picture of the Disney book, um, and yeah, James Barry the the writer has a fascinating backstory, and so. Uh, I had found out about Pauline Chase, was, who was the actress who played Peter Pan the longest. She did it for like seven, eight years. She played it on stage because it ran every year around Christmas time. We're right. saying, uh, or, or I'm telling you, it started back in the early 1900s is when this first appeared on stage. Uh, and so through Pauline Chase, I got to know, and I, I say this in my head, I get to know, you know, people. I got, I got to know Charles Froman, who's a theater manager, who, uh, You've read the book, so you know, but Charles Froman is someone that I attributed kind of to the whole Kevin Bacon thing, to the six degrees yes, of separation. He, he knew everybody. He knew everybody. Everybody. Uh, there's, there's a line in there where you, it's like, you, you don't leave Charles Froman. Even if you argue with the guy, <laughs> he's yeah. still, he's, he's still always there as, as a theater manager, both in America and London. I mean, he was the guy you wanted to work with. And so, his story led to James Barry and the Peter Pan, and uh, so it's all just kind of connected. And the story—is there a takeaway for you in this story? Because to me, it was. It, it, here's my takeaway: and that life doesn't really change. Yeah, that I know that was a hundred and some years ago when yeah. all we're talking. A lot of this happened, right? But the fact of the matter is, it's still your life. Sometimes hinges on who you know. And what path you cross, and who introduces you to somebody yeah. else, and what friend you have in a certain business, and and when those friends uh, turn towards you, it's great, and when they turn away from you, it's bad. And there's there's romance in here. I know back in those days, I know there's a whole section on Rodan with yeah. uh, I can't remember the young lady's name, but Kath- she, Kathleen uh, Bruce or was, Kathleen yeah, Bruce yeah. Scott. Yeah, she was quite a bit younger than him. Yeah. But and whether or not there was a romantic or sexual relationship is un, right. unanswered. Yeah, but you infer it. Right? I mean, I, you don't infer it; the, the world infers right. it. Right. But today we would tell it. Today we tell it. Right. Uh, but but all of those those delicate lines of connection is true in everyone's life. You just happen to find some people that yep. are famous ish. Some of them are very famous. Isadore Duncan, uh, and and some of them just well connected. A lot of them rich. And then some of them not rich. Yeah. I mean, some of them just live regular lives. Do you reflect on that too? That Absolutely. The and uh, there was one time where where I remember we were trying to before we decided that this was an unremembered book. There's a there's a story about the journey of how this book evolved into what it is. I had kind of written a story that was really about just Kathleen, the sculptor, yeah. and Isadora, the dancer, and how their lives connected. And, yeah, yeah. and it's in the book. I mean, yes, that story, yeah. and it's, it's kind of really book. the central part of it. It's a good uh, story. Uh, and so that was just a little too light. 
and it needed more. And as it evolved into the Peter Pan part of it and the Charles Froman, the theater manager, and then the time and place, which uh, really is central to any history book. Here we were in the entertainment business right around the time of World War One, and how it affected the uh, actors and, and the mm-hmm. artists because they were traveling between America. I mean, you think about... First of all, the only way to travel was by ship between England and New York. Right. And the people who were doing a lot of these traveling were those who had either work or theaters in the West End or on Broadway. Right. Uh, and so I, I won't get into what, where we go with that, but uh, it's... But you just brought up something I don't want to let go, and yeah. that is that in the book is a really wonderful explanation, not 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 uh, uh, in a in a annotated and whatever words I'm looking for here, not, not in a, in a um, school book kind of way, but in a story, what kind of way of how Broadway and the theater district happened yeah. and the, and the people involved there and the West end, yeah. All, both of those, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me to watch that happen. It happened not haphazardly, but kind of, I yeah. mean, kind of in a strange way who would give a building to somebody yeah, or not right. give a building to somebody. <laughs> and then I was just in Chicago this last weekend and I couldn't help but think about you. One, we were on state street near state and Lake where you and I used to broadcast from together years ago. Mm. And then just down the street is the Marshall field store, right. which is now not that, but, but that building is in your book. That ties in, into it a ties story in book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. of a guy who went from Chicago yeah. to uh, London and other, you know, yeah, oh and, man, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, getting back to your connection thing, that yeah, that, yeah, that started with with the first unremembered book when I didn't just want to tell stories and you go from one chapter, one story, one chapter to another. I really wanted to connect those stories together. And the first unremembered book is very different. It's about industry and machinery right, and the right. first of this, the first ship to go across the ocean, the first the winged flight, you know, and, and a lot of people in that book who were nudged out of the way for people we know who actually did things that they did, but they're not as famous <laughs> right, as these right, people. Right. Uh, this is much more personal. My wife says this, this book has a lot of heart to it. You I, know? I would agree with that. Yeah. That's, what, that's why it attracted me. I was immediately uh, transfixed because I like stories about people and I like people connected to other people and see who helps and hurts and who the good guys and the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's too many bad guys in this book. Are there, there are bad guys in here? I can't. Uh, Nobody stuck out as a real no. horrible person. Right. They're just people trying to do their best, do yeah. their stuff. Uh, and so now what happens? The book is going to be released on uh, September 19th, whatever right. you're hearing this broadcast. Maybe it's already past that. Uh, September 19th, where does one uh, acquire Unremembered you, Part 2? You'll, you'll be able to get it on any of your online sites. Amazon's probably the main yeah. one, obviously. Sure. Uh, I believe Barnes & Noble, their online, will have it. Uh, they did carry my books locally here, so hopefully they'll do that again. Uh, and you know what? And it's just me trying to get the word out there. And you know, people like you who who, you know, I was... Honored for you to read it. One of the first to read it. It's really good. I know that a writer usually probably thinks they get better, right? Yeah. Would you say that? I hope Cause so. Because I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I liked all of them, but yeah. but this is my favorite. I sometimes wonder, though, if it's the subject, because I do like yes. entertainment yeah. stuff. Uh, but it's very engaging. There's a lot of emotional levels on this one, and uh, a lot of things that you... you I, I'll even reread parts of it, and I'll shock myself. It's like, really? whoa, <laughs> that, that you know. It, it, there's almost a part of it as a writer. You go, 
it's almost like I, I, I couldn't even write this in, in a drama. Again. Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. a, you know, even, we're telling stories about actors and, uh, and, and, and about plays, and it's almost like this whole, the, their real life story is playing out like a drama oh, on well, stage. <laughs> I know I mentioned her to begin with, and maybe she's the, the one that stands out to yeah. me in this book because I, I grew up kind of knowing who she was. Yeah, and that's Isadora an interesting. Uh, her life was a story. Oh, uh, 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 unbelievable! It's an unbelievable story. It's uh, the, her her principal biographer called his book a sensational life <laughs> about oh. Isadora Duncan. And the thing is, not a lot of people here in America, she was an American who went and, yeah, and, and made her there, name yeah, yeah. in Europe. Um, not a lot of people in America know who she is as much as people in Europe do. Yeah. I mean, they'll recognize her just by the picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and her story is amazing. It is uh, tragic, on yeah, many it is levels. tragic on many levels. And, uh, you know, her, her final glory <laughs> is something that kind of ends the book. And we don't shy away from the fact that, cause, you know, history's out there. Right, you know, right, she, right. she died famously, as one right. person put it. Uh, but, um, when you read it, it's still shocking. It's still it is shocking. Cause yeah, because you're, you're kind of in the book. Uh, and again, I didn't. I've never read a biography. I don't yeah. know anything more than I glean from stuff. But I was pulling for her yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I'm pulling for her free spirit, uh, breaking bra- breaking uh, uh, yeah. breaking uh, rules. Uh, I, I felt for her when she went and performed her her uh, uh, art, her dance in front of people who absolutely didn't get it. They, yeah. they, they, it was just a bomb. It was just, they just bombed because yeah. they were the wrong crowd for yeah. it. Uh, I felt for her on that because we've all been there, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, that that's the one that sticks out to me in that book. But there's so many good characters. Yeah, and she's that character. I think uh, uh, there's a guy named George Francis Train in my first book who people loved him, people hated him, mm-hmm. and just simply because who they were. But they didn't change for that. You know, mm-hmm. she she wouldn't change for that. She even though people said, well, you sh- you should be doing what you know, Zigfield Follies. Yeah, that's the right. that's, that's the what's <laughs> big on Broadway. And she was and 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 yet, you know, you feel for her because of the things that happened in her life. And then obviously, you know, her her ending is is yeah. is a, is unimaginable. But it's. It's part of her story. I got one last question. Uh, you have two kids, Sam and Nora. Yeah. Uh, they're now teenagers, right? But they weren't when you first started writing. When you yeah. first booked, they were just little kids. Yeah. I remember seeing their pictures at Barnes & Noble, looking at their stack of yeah, right. books, right? Uh, your books. Um, what do you think you being a writer is doing for them? Or how is it in, do you ever think about that? They're watching you do that. They're watching your work ethic. They're watching the words come out of your head and out of the paper. Do you ever think about how that might be influencing what they do? Well, they influence me. You know, I mean, just their, just their curiosity. You know, it always has. I I think I dedicate it unremembered just to their curious minds. They're always (laughs) wanting to know. Yeah, they're always wanting to know things. Uh, However, uh, my daughter, who she's now in speech class, but she was in a writing class last year. I would always ask her, "Do you want me to help?" And I don't know why she would always say, "No, Dad, no. I don't want. I don't want anybody knowing it." <laughs> you know, for what for whatever reason. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just their 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 curiosity is what's you know sparks me. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the fourth 
I hope yeah. there's a fifth, sixth, and tenth, and twelfth, yeah. and all that. You got a lot of years left, man. You got some writing. Oh, to do. I know. You got some yeah. stories to tell. <laughs> Unremembered, Ken Zersky, Z U R S K I. Book two, actors, artists, entertainers, and influencers. Uh, get a copy. You'll enjoy it. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Thanks Thank for you. reading it.